Hello, welcome back to the Broken Table Wrestling Podcast. Uh, this is episode number nine. Uh, today we'll be focusing on the March 7th episode, I believe, of SmackDown. March 10th. March 10th. My months, my days are off. <laughs> um, start with this one. Uh, we had the Fatal Five Way match um, to determine who would be the winner, of, who would face Gunther at WrestleMania. Uh, this was between Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, LA Knight, Xavier Woods, and Karrion Cross. Yeah, this is a very, very fun match to open up the show. I, I realized in the past couple of weeks, SmackDown has, do, has done a really good job at starting off the show with a nice, fun match. And this match had uh, implications, you know, for WrestleMania, uh, for the Intercontinental Championship against Gunther. I thought it was a very good match. I thought the story of this match was obviously Sheamus and McIntyre because before this match, you figured one of them is going to win. But no, we ended up getting both of them winning. And um, although I thought it was going to be a triple threat match because of that, Gunter didn't want a triple threat match because obviously it puts him at more risk for losing his title. So it's going to be McIntyre versus Sheamus for the March 17th edition of SmackDown. And the winner of that will face Gunther at WrestleMania. But um, I'm not sure if if they'll still do the triple threat thing. You, you think that despite the outcome of tomorrow's match that it'll still end up being a triple threat somehow yeah i mean first off i think you know i think we kind of talked about it in our previous episode that this fatal five way was going to end in a weird kind of way kind of to make that triple threat more and more um likely i think if you're the wwe you don't have this end so controversial if you don't want a triple threat match so i don't think that come tonight there's going to be a simple winner between drew and sheamus um there could be but i definitely think it's going to be both of them at wrestlemania so i either think that this ends in a weird kind of way like a disqualification or drew wins tonight and then sheamus wants to fight somebody else to get in next week so i think something like that happens and i think regardless we're still gonna have a triple threat match which would be super exciting to watch um but uh, yeah, you as you said it, it would put Gunther at a disadvantage. So obviously he's gonna play like he doesn't want it. But Drew and Sheamus, and then Gunther, that's a lot of chemistry there that could put on a really good match for WrestleMania. Yeah, for, for sure, I totally agree with that. But uh, I guess one question I have is, not are you tired of seeing this, but don't don't you think it's you know a little bit repetitive to insert Gunther into the Intercontinental Championship picture again because he's had you know as Drew said on 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 television, he's had two chances. And he's lost lost both of them, even though one time it wasn't fair. But he's lost both times. And uh, McIntyre has been a guy who hasn't been seen in that, you know, not even in a mid-card title feud in a pretty long time. But do you think that this should be strictly McIntyre versus Gunther? Or do you think that it should, that the triple threat is the right thing to do overall? Well, you said Gunther. I think you were talking, I think you're talking about Sheamus. Um, oh, Sheamus, Sheamus, sorry. So um, I think that it doesn't get repetitive because I think we saw what Sheamus and Gunther were able to do. And I think it was really good like to watch. It was really fun. It was really exciting. And yes, Sheamus lost both times. And I understand that. But I think that he's good enough to keep, again, Sheamus is probably on his way out soon. He's been in the company for a really long time. So I think that he, getting him more title opportunities so he doesn't fade with the win. Again, the Brawling Brute stuff was cool, but Sheamus has always been good enough, especially on SmackDown. He's always been good enough to fight for titles because if you look at who's solid on SmackDown when you're talking about non-Bloodline 
you think Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and you think of Sheamus. So I think you're putting your three best guys outside of the bloodline in a triple threat match, and that's what you want to do in WrestleMania. Good point. Very good point. Um, so moving on, uh, we had Rey Mysterio, uh, who was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, during his promo, of course, we were interrupted by the Judgment Day, uh, mostly uh, his son Dominic, who was talking about him, saying that he didn't deserve it or something. And, you know, the same storyline that we've been continuing until Legato del Fantasma came out, uh, which led us to an impromptu match between Legato del Fantasma and the Judgment Day. Uh, the Judgment Day did win uh, after a quick pinfall from Dom. Um, and then we saw some shenanigans happen post-match between Ray and Dominic. Yeah, this was the second time that Ray Mysterio tried to give his, you know, Hall, Hall of Fame promo because he tried it again on, on he tried it on Raw previously. Um, but it obviously failed because Dominic <laughs> came out with Judgment Day talking all that crap. Um, I, I'm glad, I, I like this whole Legato del Fantasma storyline. You know, just just showing respect for a fellow luchador like Rey Mysterio, it really works. Uh, I just I love seeing it on television week after week. And in terms of the match, this was a fantastic match. I I could watch these two uh, wrestle week after week. I think that the Legado del Fantasma is extremely underrated. I feel like in terms of pure wrestling ability, they might be a top three, maybe top five tag team in all of WWE. I, I love watching them. Very underrated. Judgment Day obviously goes without saying. They're they're great wrestlers in and out. It's fun to watch them every week, as as we have been for the past year or so. Um, after the match, like you said, just another angle of Will Ray turn on Dominic, and I I would lie to you if I said I I, I didn't expect it to happen today. I thought for a second that. Uh, Ray was going to turn on on Dominic, and that was that would lead to the WrestleMania match. But obviously, it's in the air now that Dominic wants to fight Ray at WrestleMania. Now, now you just have to build that up for the next week or so. But you have to be careful because Mania is right around the corner. But I I do believe that at the end of all this, it will be Ray versus Dominic at WrestleMania, and Ray will have his breaking point sometime next week. You know, I kind of feel the opposite way. I, I know, like, we kind of talk about, we've always talked about that you, when you want to start these feuds, you have to have the buildup on your TV shows because it makes it more interesting. But we've had this buildup for a long time. I mean, three, four months probably. Probably even longer than that. So we've had this for a really long time. So actually, I was watching something, and I saw this idea that during um, – Ray's Hall of Fame speech the night before WrestleMania. <clears throat> Dom comes out and continues to talk and then actually beats down Ray. And it's at that point where Ray snaps because Dominic interrupted his Hall of Fame speech. Like, yeah, he's given Hall of Fame promos, but this is his Hall of Fame speech. This is what he'll be remembered as, as a WWE superstar. So I saw that he comes out, he cheap shots Ray a few times, and then Ray snaps, he hops on the mic and says, fine, you want to fight me? Tomorrow you can. And they have that impromptu match. And I think that would be so much more exciting because I feel like, one, you get an insane crowd reaction at the Hall of Fame ceremony. And then, two, you've built it up so long that now you're finally com you're still coming to that breaking point at WrestleMania. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on maybe continuing this little – war of words back and forth and then having Ray snap the night before day one of WrestleMania. You know, when you think about it like that, I feel like that's a very, very good way to build the storyline. 
although I'm not I'm not a huge fan of of you know building things last minute. I I think this is an exception. I think this is a a loophole around it because it's at such an important stage at the Hall of Fame ceremony, which is the, the day before WrestleMania. So I feel like that that would really work. I, I was constantly thinking of you know you know will will the raised speech at the Hall of Fame be interrupted or will it not be interrupted? Will they will they take it seriously? You know, in in the real world as he's being inducted into the Hall of Fame. But listening to this scenario, I feel like that'd be a very, very good scenario. I feel like it'd build it even more. And, and that's probably the reason why they chose to induct Ray while he's an active wrestler, which never really happened before, was to, to build this storyline and to take advantage of, of the popularity between Ray and Dom, as this is the hottest point of its story right here. And that'll lead into a good WrestleMania match. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the future to see how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that would be like really interesting to see a Hall of Fame speech kind of interrupted like that. I think it just makes it all more enticing and more exciting. Um, heading into a, a our next match, it was a tag team match between the Viking Raiders and one of my favorite tag teams, uh, Braun Strowman and Ricochet. Um, unfortunately, the Raiders did win uh, because Valhalla casted some sort of spell onto Ricochet, some weird kind of angle. I'm not really a big fan of Valhalla. Um, and it was a Viking Raiders victory. Um, so pretty, you know, and match. It, it was tolerable. Uh, there's no real story here. So I guess it's just one of those filler matches for SmackDown. So not really much to talk about. Um, I guess what are your thoughts first on like the Valhalla character? Again, we know that was Sarah Logan, but what are your thoughts on her with the Viking Raiders? And then do either of these teams you see having a chance at tag team glory when the titles are uh, split? Yeah, I said this before, and I'll say it again, just because I feel so strong about it. I don't think the Viking Raiders work as heels. Obviously, the wrestling is always there. They're great wrestlers. They can wrestle. That that's that's set in stone. However, I don't think their their gimmick works as heels. I, I never thought it did ever since they had that heel turn. I always thought they had more support behind them and more popularity as face characters, like they were in NXT and like they were in um, during the pandemic era ish of rest of um, WWE. I, I really want to see them back as heels. I feel like it'd be a lot better for their characters and popularity. In terms of Valhalla, I never was a big fan as soon as they started showing the video packages months and months ago. I think there's times in WWE where the mystic, mystical magic stuff works, right? Like like in Bray Wyatt's scenario, it, it works because he, he they know how to write it correctly for the most part. And this storyline, I feel like it doesn't work. When you put, you know, magic on these, on kind of mid-card characters... I don't think it really works, especially in this case. I just, I, I'm not a big fan of their current gimmick, and I hope they get a face turn eventually. But in terms of tag team gold, I feel like the Viking Raiders are obviously in contention. Well, should they win it? I'm not sure. They, they don't have too much steam, you know, going towards a tag team match. But Braun Strowman and Ricochet, I feel like it's a good team, and I feel like they could make a storyline of that because you know it's the small guy who this flippity flops, as Braun, Braun said, and it's the big monster. And I feel like that tag team works as a dynamic and they could honestly go far if they wanted to. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I think, you know, I was listening to the SmackDown broadcast and it's kind of like Braun and Ricochet are like two superheroes you never expect to be te teammates and they work so well because Ricochet is the high flyer. He's small and then when you need the power, that's what Braun Strowman is there for. I think first I'd like to see them develop a name of some sort. Like I don't really know, like a name. Maybe you don't have a name. I'm not sure, but like, well, like it's similar entrance, like Braun and Rick, like a similar song. I don't know. I kind of like when tag teams are like a little bit more together. Yeah. Um. So I think, but I definitely think if I'm talking like tag team gold, I think 
Braun and Ricochet would be a better champion than the Viking Raiders as of right now. Cause I think you're right. I don't really know how many people enjoy the Viking Raiders. Again, they're very talented in the ring, but I just don't know if people enjoy that gimmick that they have going. Whereas Braun and Ricochet are always appeasing to the crowd and we got flips happening in power. So I definitely think that Braun and Ricochet are better in uh, contention for a title opportunity. If we ever get there again, I don't really know when we're going to get there. Uh, next was a women's match. So we saw our SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte against arguably the worst wrestler, worst women's superstar on the roster, uh, Shotzi. Uh, Rhea Ripley did interrupt, uh, but didn't really get involved. She just kind of sat on the outside. Uh, Charlotte did pick up a victory. Um, not really much happened between Charlotte and Rhea after the match. Um, a pretty lackluster match just because, she, as we talked about, Shotzi is not what she is. Um, she's not very talented in the ring. Um, so I think what were your thoughts on what we saw? And I guess think talk a little bit more about Charlotte and Rhea at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate, I really hate to to say anything negative about wrestlers because I know it's a very hard thing to do, and I know I know it's a hard field. But Shotzi, she has the gimmick. The gimmick is there, you know, the tank. Everything is cool, but once she steps inside the ring, it's just, it's not very pretty. Unfortunately, you know, she, she works in slow motion. She can't get her cues right, and even someone, it's even hard for someone like Charlotte Flair who could basically put over any wrestler, you know, to have a a smooth cohesive match. So I, I think. Shotzi just needs a lot, a lot of work. I, I don't know why they, they put her on TV as opposed to other female wrestlers that, that can have put on better matches. You know, I think they're just really trying to push Shotzi, but it's just, you can't push someone that, that has lackluster in, in ring skills. And it's just, it's really unfortunate because I, I do truly like Shotzi. It's just her wrestling isn't very, her wrestling isn't very good. And it's, it is what it is. You know, you, there's no way around that unless, you know, bring, bring her down back to NXT or you just keep working behind scenes i'm not really sure about that but um in terms of after the match rhea ripley and charlotte did another stare down there's no fireworks i figured there would be fireworks this time around because this is the second or third time they're they're together face to face in terms of the buildup of this match while i'm not i'm not upset that it's not rhea and bianca although i would have figured it would be that i think they should have built this up a little more than they, they already have considering that everyone was, was thinking, oh, Rhea's going to face Bianca. No one was really thinking that she was going to face Charlotte. And I'm not, I'm not upset because I know this is going to be a great match, but I feel like the buildup has just been been a little bit lackluster. And, and I feel like you have to really build this up as much as you could to do, do some extreme things, you know, do some out-of-the-box thinking here because this is a match that not everyone is sold on. You need to sell this match. And it's, it's just, a, you know, another example of how the SmackDown Women's Division, the, the writing sometimes really isn't there. And it just needs a lot of work, especially after WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. Um, again, there's not really much more I can say. Um, again, it's unfortunate because you're right. Shotzi does have a good gimmick, and she has it all. Uh, she has the cool kind of aspect of her character, but just the ring, the ring ability just really isn't there, which is unfortunate to see. Um, but again, a very tolerable match, and of course, you have to have Charlotte win uh, to keep her up with her steam. Uh, finally, in our main event, we heard from a reunited Uso brothers. Uh, they talk, Jay talked about why he did what he did to Sammy, uh, saying it was always about his family. Um, they started bashing Cody Rhodes, saying that Cody Rhodes keeps sticking his nose into bloodline business. Uh, Cody came out. Of course, Cody came out. Uh, he said he doesn't work for Mr. Heyman. He doesn't work for the bloodline. Um, he And he said, if you have something to say, you can... Uh, 
say it to my face. Uh, this led to him kind of challenging the Usos to a fight um, until we had Sammy, who has made it known that his new thing is to come through the crowd in a black hoodie. Uh, he attacked the Usos. Uh, Cody joined in, and we ended the show with Sammy and Cody arms raised in the middle of the ring, setting the Usos scurrying. So um, I think I want to understand. So obviously, Cody Rhodes is going to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But what is the point of having Sammy and Cody now showing at this tag team? Because I feel like now you're everybody's focused on Sammy and Cody when Cody's not going to tag with Sammy. So I think I just don't really understand what what the move is here, having Cody being Sammy's go-to guy. Yeah, I feel like the purpose of this is, is not as much to build a new tag team. I feel like it's one, you know, to, to keep pushing that character of, of Cody where he's a super mega uh, mega face and he'll, he'll do anything to help others, right? And then two, to show that it's a group collective effort to defeat the bloodline. You don't necessarily need to be a tag team with the, with the other person you're fighting with, but you're going to need all, all hands on deck, you know, to fight the bloodline because they've been strong for the past two, three years at this point. So I think that was more of the... Reasoning behind it, I can't speak to it because I know I'm not WWE, but I feel like from, from a fan's perspective, that's the reason why they did it. Uh, I didn't mind this segment. I thought it was pretty good. The one funny thing about the segment is, I don't know if you noticed, they had to pan the camera to Sammy more times than Cody because Cody could not get his dress shirt off. And at the end, you saw his, he has a little rip mark. He ripped his entire shirt off and he still had it on his wrist. So that's why... Uh, that's why the camera kept panning to Sammy, which I thought was funny. But I, th I thought it was a good segment. It just shows that you're going to need everyone you can get to defeat the Bloodline. And I feel like it, it boosts both Sammy and Cody because obviously they will be going to WrestleMania for different reasons. But at the end of the day, if it all goes well, they will both be champions by the end of WrestleMania. Sammy being hopefully a tag team champion, undisputed, and then Cody being the undisputed universal champion. So we'll see how it goes from here. I, I think it's good that every single episode of – wrestling this this week whether whether it's friday and friday night smackdown or monday night raw has involvement with sammy with cody and the bloodline it keeps people engaged you know what's gonna happen on friday what's gonna happen on monday so i really like this whole you know congestion of the bloodline yeah no i definitely 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 agree with you um i think my last question and we're probably i'm probably gonna ask you this every single time we wrap up a smackdown episode up until wrestlemania do you eat as of right now do you think that one Cody Rhodes beats Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, and two does Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens beat the Usos at WrestleMania? So I'll speak on number one after because that's the more important one, and that that's where I have a lot of specific observations on. But in terms of your second question, yes, if this is a match, I believe that the Usos do lose and lose their belts. And to, to answer your first question, I do believe Cody wins because if you think about it, right, what happens if Roman wins? He, he's beaten everyone. Like, who else is he going to face that he realistically hasn't faced already unless it's a newly returning superstar? But I think if you have Cody win, that doesn't really put Roman out of the ringer. If he's still willing to work, you could have such a good storyline, like, like a post-bloodline storyline where you have, you know, the Usos – against Roman, you know, because they, they would lose their tag team championships on night one. You could have, I know they're trying to build, they're talking about building a solo versus Roman storyline, which I think would be perfect. Just because the bloodline is suspected to lose their gold at WrestleMania does not mean you have to stop their storyline. You could end the bloodline there, but you can continue a post-family storyline that could go towards SummerSlam. 
and that could really put on some good content. While you have Cody with the championship doing his business, you know, the use um sorry, Sammy and KO doing their business with the tag team championships. So I feel like that is why you need to have the the gold stripped because you I feel like you have a better chance at a more solid and and longevity wise storyline than if you have Roman win. But I uh, I'm gonna ask you the same exact question. Cody wins, Roman wins, and who who wins a possible tag team bout? You know, I've gone back and forth when again watching the Royal Rumble when Cody said he was coming back. I think, I think we all knew that Cody was gonna win that match. Um, so I think when Cody won the Royal Rumble, I was like, listen to this place, like he's gonna win the whole thing, it's gonna be a great story, and then we're gonna watch Cody Rhodes be the champion. And as weeks go on, I just I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think the story of Cody not fighting for a main event, not fighting for a WWE title, I think it I think it looms. And I think that if I had to tell you right now, I do think Roman Reigns beats Cody Rhodes. And then I think here's what I think. I think the Roman Reigns wins, he keeps his titles. Sammy and KO beat the Usos. And I think the main event, Jey Uso, comes back and he's the one to fight and then dethrone Roman Reigns. And I think it makes the most sense logically from where it started to where it finished. And then you're right. We can, because if, if Jey Uso is the champion, Jimmy Uso will be by his side and then Solo kind of fades out and then you have Solo and Roman. That, that doesn't need to be a title fight. That could be a really good feud. You could have street fights. You can have table matches. Like you can make really good matches out of that. And again, it's all based on if Roman is able to work and he's willing to work. But I think that I think Roman beats Cody, Sammy and KO beat the Usos, which leads to Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns at some point, maybe SummerSlam for the belt. Yeah, I, I really like that. If Cody is is definitely booked to lose, I feel like that's the way you have to go. You know, and then you have Cody win a championship later on the line. Maybe he dethrones Jay at SummerSlam. Who knows? But if if there's a if there's a situation where Cody has to lose, I feel like that what you said is the best, the best way to do it. Considering, yeah, Cody lost, but now you have this this ulterior storyline that literally be, becomes full circle from the pandemic era till now. And and I feel like that is if Cody wasn't even in WWE right now, I would say that's the number one thing to do. But uh, either way, if you have Cody win or lose, I feel like you have two good options, or you definitely have storylines on where to build this. And, and there's many options. But uh, another thing I was thinking about was why another reason why I think Cody would win is if you have Cody win, then you have a better chance at signing a bunch of other, you know, AEW talent and independent talent, more AEW, like, you know, stars like Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, because look at it from their perspective. These are big stars. If they go, they think that they'll go into WWE and they'll get that good treatment like Cody will. You know what I mean? So if Cody wins the championship, then that'll prompt more high-level superstars to hop on the WWE trend because they'll get pushes. And I feel like that's just a, a, a ploy to take that AEW. I, I just could be mega speculating at this point, but I feel like it looks a lot better for the WWE to gain talent by letting Cody win than make him lose. Because if they lose, then Kenny Omega, if he loses, Kenny Omega's not going to want to go to WWE. You know, it, It's going to be one of those things, but it could just be a business tactic. It could be a rumor. I'm not sure. But what are your thoughts on that before we wrap up real quick? 
I think it's a good idea. I, you're right. I, I think you see how Cody's been treated since he's come back. So those AEW guys that feel maybe mistreated, um, so Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, um, guys like that, maybe they they see that like, you know, all this bad talk on the WWE, like they treat their guys really well and they treat the new talent really well. Um, if they want you, they're going to show you they want you. So I think if Cody does win, I think it does entice Kenny Omega to come and then Kenny Omega comes to Raw after WrestleMania or later and then you see a few between them but I think it's good because um, if Cody was to win I think it, it you, like you said Roman's beating everybody so now you see Cody and Cody fights people that we've never seen him fight again probably not Seth Rollins we've seen that I don't think Roman Reigns would get a, a rematch I'm not really sure though but you know if Gunther loses the Intercontinental title, Gunther and Cody, they were the last two in the Royal Rumble. Like, it's new storylines that you can create. So I think that with Cody winning, it's better for the WWE. But I think with Roman winning, I think it's the more logical chance to not make it such a predictable fairy tale storyline. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I feel like there's many ways you can do this. And I feel like whatever way WWE decides to go, I'm sure they'll make a very good storyline out of either either option. So I'm just I'm just excited. It's a good time to be a fan right now. You know, you, you have we're, we're spoiled with with so many good matches and, and so many good wrestlers right now. So I, I feel like regardless of what happens, it's going to be a good run, and up until SummerSlam at the very least. So I'm just very excited for WrestleMania. Can't come soon enough. We're only about two weeks away at this point. So yeah, I'm just happy to be, happy to be a wrestling fan right now. Yeah. Totally agree. Super, super excited. Um, that will, in fact, wrap up uh, episode number nine of the Broken Table Wrestling podcast. If you like what you heard, uh, our Twitter is at Table Wrestling. Our Instagram is at Broken Table Insta. Uh, make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music, um, as well as download the episodes. It helps us out a ton. Um, be on the lookout for episode 10, which we'll be talking about Raw. That'll come out in a few days um for the rest of today for the rest of the weekend enjoy yourselves be safe have a good one everybody uh-huh.